0: Welcome back to School of Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello, joined as always by Matthew Chandler. Matthew, it's, it's been a couple weeks since I've been here, so we haven't talked in a bit, but a little, some good to talk about this time around. Before we get to it, though, uh, how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, good, thanks, Gino. Good to have you. Good to be back. i going to tell everyone where you've been.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, as uh, I, I may have mentioned on, on previous podcasts, um, got married. A couple weeks ago and then honeymoon so um I've been away for a couple weeks taking doing some some personal things and 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 you know reaching some personal milestones I guess you can call them but uh (laughs) but now I'm happy to be back talking about Everton um and and of course you know thankfully I come back to win because coming back to a loss would have been a little disappointing (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah so let's get let's get right into it um Obviously, the win in question is is the the or the win we're talking about today is is Everton over Arsenal one nil uh, this past Friday. There are three changes in the lineup from the Spurs match. It was Coleman in for Keane, Gomez in for Davies, and Calvert Lewin in for Iwobi. Uh, we'll start off right there, Matthew. Your thoughts on the lineup, the setup, and and kind of things going into the game.
1: Yeah, well, I think the um... Performance against Tottenham the week before was, was pretty strong, um, so I can I can understand why. By and large, it was the same team. Uh, having said that, I think well, one of the changes was obviously enforced with Michael Keane going out, um, Gary Mina only just coming back from injury, so I guess it kind of made sense. I think to go a bit of a change of shape, but Seamus Coleman is a, a pretty competent. Mm-hmm. placement and you, you obviously form your back four with the other two Godfrey and Holger. Uh Dominic Calvert-Lewin I guess comes in because he's uh, he's pretty integral to the way Ancelotti wants to play um, and obviously he replaces Willby who was um, again just quite anonymous against Tottenham I guess the only one that you maybe flag was the uh, Andre Gomez for Tom Davies one because I think Tom Davies had a pretty good season, uh, Andre Gomez has, has probably been about as good as Davies, if not worse. Not worse, <clears throat> but you know, I don't think this was a decision which you know cost us the game or anything. Cause, cause we ended up winning anyway, so it wasn't like a it was a pretty fatal move for So overall, I was pretty happy when I saw the team. It was interesting to see how Godfrey and Holgate got on at centre back because that was only the second time that they'd they played together there in a back four. Um, with the other time being that horrible game against uh, Fulham on Valentine's Day. Um, I couldn't understand maybe why there was a bit of nervousness uh, among some people about seeing that, but I th- felt like they did pretty well alongside each other too on, uh, on Friday.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, like you said, Godfrey and Holgate, that was, that was certainly something that was interesting because we hadn't seen that before. Um, and it was a... Uh, you know, obviously, you know those are the two center backs of the future right now for Everton, at least in the first team. Um, so it was definitely interesting to see them. But like you said, they, they, we'll talk about Holgate in a little bit. But thought they did they did pretty well overall. Um, but yeah, like you said, the the lineup was um, about as you would expect. Um, obviously, calvert coming back in, Gomez and Davies. You're right, like like you mentioned, it. You know, Gomez may have you know probably as good if not worse but still didn't cost the game and then and then Coleman in for Keane who has had his fair share of um you know poor performances uh here and there recently so um you know I think the lineup was was definitely um I, I think it was a good lineup from Ancelotti and I think it set the tone right away um which was good but let's get into the actual the actual um performance the actual game um, what were your thoughts on the performance? Obviously, it wasn't the best game overall between the two sides, but it is a huge, huge win for Everton in the race for Europe. Yeah, it
1: was probably a game that was like you know, the goal that went up when it kind of summed up the quality of the game, really. Um I think Everton had probably played better than that and lost this season, to be honest. But um thought first off, it was it was pretty even game, maybe just shaded by Everton. We didn't really, apart from I think there was a Richarlison chance of Sigurdsson kind of hitting the bar with that speculative free kick. Um, we ever kind like, a sort of sustained a, sort of, a period of like sustained pressure on Arsenal, but we really had a decent grip on the game. Um, second half was pretty turgid, but obviously we ended up getting the goal yeah, near to the end. Um, but I mean, it's a fair question, always, um, but I feel like, like I said, the performance I don't really care about because I just want us to, to you know, r- rack up as many points as we can out this stage of the season. Um, and I guess that's the same at any time of the season, but more so when you kind of at the end. And um, I think like the Anfield win, like the Tottenham win, like the the draw at United, I think this should be a real sort of source of inspiration for Everton as well um, but they've, they've gone to another super super league round or another big six round, another ground they hadn't previously won at and won um, should give them a lot of confidence I think for the last five, six games um, so yeah, I thought performance was not great but defensively we were pretty fine to be honest um, you'd like to see, obviously, Sega and Rodriguez as involved as they maybe were against Tottenham um, that's not always gonna be the case. Um and yeah, I mean again, not the best performance, but the best result. So um at the end of the day, which one is more important?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. That's that's exactly the point right there. As we as as we always say, or as at least as I always say, um, a win is a win is a win. You know, three points is three points no matter how you get them. A clean sheet is a clean sheet no matter how you get it. So um, those are two big confidence boosters for Everton, especially going into this, what, six-game stretch, I think, now that we have to end the season, six or seven games left. Yeah. Um, and it's huge. I mean, especially for Europe, the team that was was right behind us, a, a way to keep us in this. we are still got the game in hand. We have no idea when this extra Villa game is going to get scheduled. But um, right now we're sitting three points behind fifth with the game in hand, so – um, a huge, huge win for everton in this one um, and just like you said it you know may not have been the best games it may not have been what we were hoping for you know in some aspects of the game but um but we got the win, and no matter how you get the win it's 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 all three points, so that 's the most important thing obviously um there were a couple talking points the first big one really and 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 probably one of the biggest ones is is the the penalty that was overruled. Obviously, we've seen this time and time again, especially with BAR this year and 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 last year, where um, you know, obviously, the one that comes to mind specifically is the you know Pickford and and Van Dyke collision, um, but where where a goal or a penalty was overruled because of offsides. Um, and it was it a penalty.
1: The Pickford Van Dyke one wasn't a penalty. Wasn't well, it?
0: yeah, or whatever it may have been. Um, yeah. But, yes, it was overruled because of offsides um, or – Oh, sorry. I
1: see see what you mean there.
0: Yeah, the the offsides rule has come into effect for whatever the reason may be. Um, But, yeah, in this situation, Pepe offsides when he receives the ball. The play continues. Um, And then I think it's Caballos that's uh, – Yeah. That who who gets, you know, seemingly clipped by Richarlison. Uh, The penalty is called. They go to VAR. Pepe's off by – you know, a margin, uh, you know, I mean, even, even even as every fans, you know, we, we've said this before, you know, you know, obviously we benefited from it in this situation, but there's been plenty of times where we have not benefited from VAR and whatnot, but you know, a situation like that, it's like, is that really making a difference in the game? Um, But it is overruled. What were your thoughts on the penalty being overruled? And if, it wasn't off Do you think it should have been a penalty or would have been a penalty?
1: I don't think it's a penalty at all. I think what it is is um, so I think Richardson does touch Sibayo, mm. but it's, it's the faintest of touches and the most <laughs> exaggerated of reactions. But I think the fact that Richardson does touch him kind of gives the referee or VAR sort of vindication in a way. I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it should be a penalty. I'm just saying the fact that there is contact means kind of kind of almost say well there is contact there and use that as justification. Um but I just think no uh <laughs> um did not it's not a foul is it it's certainly you know and and even the offside I mean it's quite surprised that it wasn't given in the end because of the fact they, they give it from like an offside and the build up. Is, uh, I mean, correct by the letter of the law, but that's it's so much harder to tell that he's offside than it is to tell that it wasn't a foul on Um, Charleston. But yeah, I mean, please see overall. I don't really, you know, I don't really know if this is what VAR was for, really. I mean, I think you just tell from certainly, but you know, it's certainly meant for looking at dubious penalties, but it shouldn't take much to sort of review it. Did, you know, determine that that's not a foul and then just move on. I don't think you need to go to the extent of, you know, drawing imaginary lines and determining that Nicolas Pepe's big toe was, was ahead of Mason Holgate. You know what I mean? It's just,
0: yeah. I, I mean, if you, like, like you said, if you, if you look at the penalty and if you just look at the penalty, I, I don't think that check would have been that long. You know, it's, it's, you know, no. like you mentioned, you know, he, it touches him faintly, but it's it's very obvious that he couldn't have even gotten you know that physical of a touch on Cabayos because you can barely tell if he touches him in the replay. So, um, like you said, not a, not a penalty for me, but but you're right. Going to that extent seems a little bit over the top, too. Oh no,
1: I'm glad they. I'm, I mean, I'm glad they did in the end. Yeah,
0: of course, of yeah, course, was, yes. No
1: way. But um, it was just one of these things, I don't think it's going to go away. I don't actually think. It itself is the problem i think it's the implementation of it and the sort of peda- pedant- pedantic way in which yeah. you know the referees use it i think um but hey you know when when it goes your way it's great when it doesn't it's it's you know your your biggest biggest enemy i guess um but i don't I think that's was complaining about it afterwards i think which i don't I mean, Alzetas had a lot of weird. He said, "Do Arsenal deserved to win?" Which, again, I'm not sure. I'd agree with, sport. Hey.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, hey, you got to say what you got to say, and the you know, I I think sometimes managers tend to say things just to yeah, yeah, just for the you know player management rather than the truth. But um, but yeah, agreed on that. I think we both agree on that. It's just um, just a, an interesting sequence there, and 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 like you said, with VAR, it's it's something that's not go away, going to go away. So we just got to get used to it at this point, except that this is the new game and this is the way the the game is going to be played and, and, and officiated. And, and, you know, I mean, sometimes like you said, it, you know, it, it helps you. Sometimes it hurts you. Um, but whatever it may be, it's uh, it's what we got to deal with. Um, moving on. I know we, we talked about Holgate and Godfrey as a partnership. Let's talk about Holgate specifically, Matthew. Um, you know, you wrote about this and, and, how he should be cut some more slack in terms of his performances and whatnot. Um, First off, you know, I want to ask you, should he have been sent off in this game? And, um, you know, talk a little bit about uh, Holgate, his partnership, his possible partnership with uh, Godfrey and the central defense as things move forward. Talk a little bit about that as, you know, you wrote basically uh, a piece on this. Yeah. So
1: for starters, was
0: it it a red card? No. I think, again...
1: I think Nicholas Pepe in the aftermath exaggerated. I don't think, certainly immediately, it's not it's not an exaggeration immediately because he he takes a fair bit more contact from Holgate than Ceballos did on Richardson, Charleston. But I don't think um, I don't think it's malicious. I don't think it's, I just think it's it's just pretty standard yellow card foul for me. I think um, so. No, I don't think I don't think he was uh, I don't think he was fortunate there because I think. He got what he deserved, which was a yellow card. Um, and I thought Holly generally was was pretty good on on uh, Friday. Not you know not not uh, sort of outstanding, sort of world class defensive performance because he didn't have, yeah, I, I have a ton of work to do to be honest. But what he did do, he did you know pretty um, professionally, pretty maturely. No force, just got on with it. Um, which hasn't always been the case with Holby. I think we've seen him sort of overplay well not overplay but kind of lose concentration or uh you know, just just come come that little bit short. Um which I don't think he did on on Tuesday, on Friday, I thought he didn't lose his head after the yellow card either, which came up after about an hour. So um I was pleased to see that. Um but no, I just think I think it's weird with him because he was like he won Everton's player of the year or you saw young player of the year and players player of the year last year felt like he was like every Everton fan's new favourite player and then this, this year I think for a number of reasons really I think the fact that he was injured until November and he kind of couldn't keep that momentum from last season going I think the, the fact that Ben Godfrey's come in and kind of stolen the limelight and just blown everyone away with how good he's been probably hasn't it's worked against Hobby in a way um, and kind of feels a bit like a forgot, forgotten man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, Holgate has not been brilliant this season. Godfrey's clearly had a better season than him. And as much as I think people maybe read into too much things like the fact that he chews gum or the fact that he kind of struts around the pitch, you know, it, it's fair to say that he hasn't played well in every game this season. Um but I just, you know, and again on Friday, it was like Godfrey kind of made this big statement, sly tackle, and Danny Sabayos and Hogg, it's a bit more under the radar. But just, you know, the blocks on Saka and Aketia, the interceptions that he made. Yeah. You know, all pretty spot on. You know, to played the offside trap perfectly against Pepe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, what I like about his partnership with Godfrey is that there's kind of a bit of sort of, I don't think they're sort of polar opposites because then they're both decent on the ball. Like they both had 80% or above 80% pass completion on, on Friday. Holgate feels a bit more cultured, whereas Godfrey's a bit more sort of thunderous and sort of, you know, like crashing, sliding, sliding tackles and sort of more sort of no-holes no barred. I think there's a nice a nice balance there. I think they'll get harder tests than Arsenal, certainly in the air. I think that's that's the one reservation you might have about them is they don't have the sort of they're not they're not a skyscraper like like you'd Harry mean. Yeah, yeah of course but of course. I, I just think look at the difference between Holgate alongside Michael Keane who has played well very well this season but can also be a nervous wreck and then playing alongside Godfrey on Friday uh, and granted you know Harry Kane is probably the hardest defender to sorry striker to defend against one of them but I think he's got to give credit where credit's due. Like I said, I think Hoggate hasn't hasn't been as bad as people may have made out this season. Um, and I also I I like his sort of self confidence. He saw it in his his interview after the game as well. Mm-hmm. He's joking about you know the goal was the best goal he'd ever seen. What I just? I think that's something that we should kind of you know look to try and harness and 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 applaud because. Um, I, th- I think it only kind of endears you more to fans when it, when it's channeled in the right way like it was on Friday. Mm-hmm. um People kind of love to hate you when when it goes the other way, obviously, but no i just I just think he has now earned his chance, i think to kind of nail down that place alongside Godfrey because Godfrey's clearly been like the standout and mm-hmm. um, you know quickly become this indispensable player um I think we've seen enough from Holgate. Maybe Tottenham aside, when he had a bit of a nightmare with Michael Keane, but certainly enough lately, and certainly enough on uh, on Friday, to suggest that he's kind of returning to form and and you know that is his place to lose now. I think.
0: Yeah, no, I I think with the one thing you know with Holgate, I think we also you know like you said he he was player's player of the year and, and you know had all the accolades last year. He was phenomenal last year. We also remember, you know, and towards the end of last year, he gets that injury too, and and with the shortened yeah. offseason, with the tons of games that have been going on, you know, it, you know, gets another
1: another one in preseason as well, didn't he? Yes, yes.
0: Thing. So it's it's not like he's had really a full time to recover. He's been fully healthy, so we don't know what his status has been the whole season either. Um, but like you said, I, I think Holgate is. Um, Holgate and Godfrey—that's the part, like like you said, it, it, that's it's it's Holgate's position to lose, I think, to alongside Godfrey. I think that partnership is is kind of the partnership of the future because that's where the game is going. A lot of you know, it, obviously, yeah. those big towering center backs are great, but they aren't, you know, being able to pass out of the back, being able to hold possession in the back, and um, being able to do your job as much offensively if we're going to play out of the back, if that's something that Ancelotti wants to do is going to be um, extremely yeah. important. And they do that particularly well. So on top of also being fantastic central defend- central defenders. So, um, you know, I think Holgate is, you know, I, I, I like Mason Holgate. I think it's also good that, you know, yes, it, you know, you're going to have to bring in players from the outside, but to have those guys who came up in the Academy who played for the, you know the under twenty threes and and all that and um,
1: yeah we got him for Barnsley didn't we but he's been I yeah he's been but, with us for
0: like five years now but yeah has been with so, us for a while yeah, yeah. and you know came up through the system in some sense or another I should say yeah um you know it's good to have those guys who you know it's it's him it's you know as much as we get on Davies it's Davies it's Calvert Lewin guys who you know kind of yeah. have breathed Everton for a decent amount of time now it's good to see those guys succeed. The other thing with Holgate is. Um,
1: Sorry, he's played um, I think 25 games this season, uh, 13 of them. So just more than half have yeah. been uh, playing at right back. So it's very hard, I think, to um, sort of nail down your place and and really improve as a central defender when you when you're playing less than half your games there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to be honest, I don't think Holgate has ever really. Consistently underperformed anywhere. I mean, Ronald Koeman kind of started him as a right back. Mm-hmm. He's played left back on occasion. Yeah, he's played in a back two and in a back three. He's played in kind of defensive midfield. So we kind of like our one of our sort of Swiss Army knives, if you like, Albert. Um, and I, I think, I think if he gets a run now, I think you'll probably see the best of him again. Because, mm-hmm. um, and that's just the one thing that he's kind of lacked, really is that. That consistency, that continuity, and that's not Angelotti's fault because his hand been been forced a lot this season. Yeah. Um, I also think Holgate is maybe one of the kind of players who might benefit more than most from crowds coming back. Yeah. I think someone, someone like Michael Keane, maybe goes the other way, where the intensity of the, of the crowd can maybe maybe uh, you know get under his skin a bit and unnerve him. I think Holgate is the opposite. I think. When I think of all these best two games for Everton last season, I think of the the, um, the Chelsea win mm-hmm. and the the draw at Man United under Ferguson. Yeah. I, I thought both those games, you know, the atmosphere was up. It was it was lively. You know, United away, you're playing in front of 75,000 people. Yeah. For the Chelsea game under Ferguson, you've got this, you know, rocking stadium all game. Um, yeah. I think Holgate is the kind of player who will probably rise to the occasion a bit more than someone like Michael Keane. I think, again, I think next season we'll see hopefully the best of him again.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, moving on now to kind of like wrap this this game up. Obviously, three points. I mentioned it before. With three points back at West Ham in fifth, six behind Chelsea in fourth, um, uh, along with, you know, we're, we're, we're one point behind Spurs in seventh. Um, we have a game in hand on all of them. I mean, Europe is as back on as it has been in a while, mm. um, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean... Yeah, I think... Um, sorry. No, you're good.
1: You're my, my, my grave. Um, <laughs> I, I think... I don't think it was ever off, but I think that there comes a point where you can't keep drawing games and you can't keep expecting exactly. these teams to, to drop points because it's... You know, we've kind of got out of jail a few times with you know, some some mad results uh, this season or lately as well. Um but no, I mean Tottenham look very ordinary. West Ham, I know they played Chelsea, but they've lost two in a row now. Um and we still have to play them, so I think they're certainly catchable. I think Chelsea and Leicester maybe have got away a bit, maybe. I think Champions League maybe is is too big an ass now. Um you know we can make up six points, but it's just you know will we? I don't. I don't think my gut feeling is probably not. But equally, like I was saying yesterday, it's not like I think Euro would be great, but I don't think it means we've had a successful season. I think there's already been progress on last season, no matter what now. And considering you know we've had one recognised and good striker, because I don't really count Richardson as that yet. Yeah. In uh in Dominic calvert uh And you know every senior squad member being injured at some point <laughs> you know you know in a tighter schedule i think i think whatever happens this season it's been a success i just think um it would be it would be nice to sort of celebrate that progress with
0: with your yeah absolutely i mean i think you know i this personally for me one of the reasons. I would like Villa rescheduled earlier rather than later is, is also because you know as I mentioned we're six points behind Chelsea which you know well that game isn't rescheduled and you don't know the result of it Chelsea still mm-hmm. have some breathing room over us uh, Only mm-hmm. three points ahead of West Ham but you know it puts a little you know Everton win that game it puts a little extra pressure on all those teams up there and fourth fifth six seven so mm-hmm. um you know obviously that's something that would that would look good even if even if we don't like you said even if we don't make champions league or even if we don't make europe this season is a, is a success because of how far we've come and how you know well this team has played in certain under certain circumstances and just the fact that we're here right now talking about the possibility of 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 even being yeah. the championship is or champions league sorry is, mm. is is, yeah, I
1: mean, what what were we what were we talking about with six games ago last season? It was like yeah. whether we'd finish top ten. It's kind of exactly, you know. Um, exactly. Would you? I haven't asked you, but would you? Obviously, because Manchester City won the cup, the uh, Carabao Cup on uh, Sunday. Yeah. You Would think now that almost certainly seventh will get seventh place will get the uh, the new Conference League. Yeah. Um, what is your kind of Feelings on that. Would you rather be in it or not? Because I'm kind of on the fence at the moment. Yeah, I'm
0: on the fence too. I'm not not really sure. Um, I mean, I think any Europe is good Europe, but, you know, at that same sense, it's like, is it worth it being in that competition? <laughs> yeah. Um, does that, it, does it really help us? I mean, obviously it'll probably get us some more money, which would be good, but does it really help us recruit players? You know, it, it's... I'm not uh, sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it really does much for Everton other than maybe gets them some more money, which is obviously good and obviously important. But, um,
1: oh, I mean, I'd love it, like, I'd love to be in Europe and, you know, I'd love, of course. yeah, of course. I'd love, you know, to get a good away trip somewhere nice. But, um, I think, I'm not sure the conference league will massively help us attract higher, yeah. higher caliber players. And I think that, I think the, the, Ancelotti should be a, a big enough pull in itself to be honest working with
0: the manager of his caliber yeah so, but I think also Ancelotti and Europa League may be would be significantly more of a pull than Ancelotti yeah 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 and yeah of Conference League
1: yeah, yeah no I mean Europa League would, would be definitely happy with it's just um I don't know whether the Conference League would be kind of diminishing returns.
0: yeah exactly, exactly because
1: you know unless you go all the way and win it it's kind of it might feel a bit anticlimactic but you know i i completely accept the idea that it's just great to see them in europe and and uh yeah you know we'll see what happens I'm, I'm sure i'm sure we have a good run in that competition anyway which would be enough to get excited about
0: yeah know. of course and and i think the other thing is you know no matter what it is you know everton have to if we want to continue our trajectory and get to the point where we are one of those top clubs in england and and in europe again you know we have to get to the point where we're playing games at midweek in Europe every se- – no matter how we can get them, we have to get used to playing those games at midweek in Europe every season. So, you know, maybe it, it's a little prep for just, you know, getting those games and and just playing midweek and, and just kind of getting that feel again. But um, we'll see how it all plays out. Obviously, again, <laughs> you know, obviously Champions League, which amazingly is still in play, that would obviously be choice number one by a lot. <laughs> And then choice like probably three would be Europa League, even though there's no two. Uh, that's how far ahead, obviously, Champions League would be. But um, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But it's, it's exciting to have something to root for here as this season comes to a close. It hasn't felt like this in a while. Um, just go through some of Pete's five telling stats. Uh, it's the first win at Arsenal in over 25 years. It's the first ever win at the Emirates Stadium. Um, the last min win was at at Highbury, right? That's what that's what they're. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Barry. Um, that's uh, That was the last time we've won at Arsenal. Um, against the Big Six, as I mentioned before, Everton have been phenomenal. Um, if you put us in that Super League that who had such a light, long shelf life, um, <laughs> if you put us in that table, we're actually against the Super League, the English Super League teams, we're actually on 18 points, which would just be behind City. Um, and tied with Liverpool for for second amongst those. We've taken eighteen points off the big six, um, five wins, three draws, three losses. Um, you know, I'd, just,
1: love to see, I'd love to see where we are up against the bottom six.
0: Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. If we go up against the bottom six, we're probably taking four points from yeah ten games or whatever it is, yeah. um, twelve games. Um, but. Everton now have won 10 away league games this season, which is the most since 1986 at 87, which is of course the last time we won the league. Um, if we weren't as bad at home, maybe things would be a little bit better and looking more like that season. Um, Pickford has been fantastic. He's conceded less goals than I expected in five of the last seven games. He's come up with some huge saves, including um, the most recent one in um, in the Arsenal match, um, and then finally the, you know, four keys, um, when Lucas Dean, Luca Dean, um, Thomas Rodriguez, Dominic calvert and Ron all start Everton average two points per game, which would see them third in the league. So those guys have been, um, been phenomenal when, when any of those guys don't play, when any of those, any of those players are missing the, uh, the, the average drops down to 1.48 points per game, which leaves us in, in ninth there. So, um, you know, just re- those players really big for Everton. This- yeah, I
1: saw, I saw one, uh, another stat, which was, um, that this is, we're we kind of, points per game anyway, it's like, mm-hmm. our best ever away league record and our worst, <laughs> yeah, it's on, yeah. on course to be our worst home league, home league record, I think so.
0: Yeah, I mean, only, close it to kind it. of
1: sums up how kind of unique and crazy this, this, Covid season has been, but um, and also um, I would say that you think this, I was gonna say, do you think this goal The uh, you know, if we get fourth or or maybe even fifth or sixth, do you think think uh, these goals would be given us get our gold this season? Just for how pivotal it was. More than you know,
0: yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. I mean, I th- <laughs> you're right. It's just it's so important to to how things have. um or to how things have changed now for us. I mean, being three points back West Ham after they lost to Chelsea, I mean, things look significantly different than even they did a week ago. So, um, you know, let's, let's keep rolling. Let's keep rolling. Um, All right. We're going to take a quick break. And then um, after the break, we're going to come to uh, talk about, come back to talk about the Villa game, which will take place, not the rescheduled one, the regularly scheduled Villa game uh, this Saturday, May 1st. We'll get to that right after the break. All right, we're back, and we're talking um, Everton, Aston Villa. It's um, taking place, again, as I, as I mentioned before the break, Saturday, May 1st at 8 p.m. British Standard Time, um, 3 p.m. over here on the East Coast. Uh, currently, Villa are in 11th place. Um Everton, of course, as we mentioned, um, in eighth place, but not far off fifth, uh, just three points behind. The last meeting, Everton and Aston Villa tied back in, Jan- in excuse me, July of 2020. Uh, that was a 1-1 draw between the two sides. Everton, as, as we mentioned, have still not played Villa this season because reverse fixture in January was postponed due to the COVID outbreak in um, Villa. Um last game for Aston Villa was a two-two draw with West Bromwich Albion on um Sunday. Let's start with uh our side, uh Matthew. Any changes from the Arsenal match for you?
1: No, I don't think so. Maybe maybe like I said before, maybe Davies with Gomez. I don't think Gomez was particularly outstanding, even though, like we said, he didn't do anything particularly terrible either against uh it's Friday. I'm just gonna. Kind of, i more in the in the Davies camp than the Goomers camp. I think at the moment. So, I do not want to see Fabian Fab, Fabian Delph again after his cameo on on Friday the uh, That sliced pass still gonna be nightmare. Um, but no, I think one we haven't got a load of alternatives, have we? Certainly not good alternatives. You look at the bench. It's more full of senior players now, but it's still people like Yawobi and Bernard and Josh King Delph. Who you think? You know how much do they really offer? Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I I would be tempted to stick with the same team. And also, I'd say, I mean, I I have no doubts he will play. But one player we, we didn't forgot to give credit to in the Arsenal game is Jordan Pickford, who I think has been actually a lot more consistent in the last few months. I know he's had a few injuries, but uh, again, you know, kind of really rose to the challenge on Friday. He made that important save from Martinelli at the end. Um, so yeah, um, I think. Same team from from Arsenal, and hopefully that shows infuse the sense of continuity that I think we've probably lacked at some points of the season. Out, you know, by necessity, not not from agility being tinkering or changing for changes' sake, but I think kind of stick we can stick with the same team now as much as possible for these last few weeks. I think that will you know work massively to our to our benefit. I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think you gotta. You know, we got what? What is it? Six games left. I forget what we said.
1: Six games in the last what was it four weeks? Was there the season we got two midweek. Game. The Villa postponed game, and
0: uh, Wolves are midweeks. Yeah. And then they so know, the so the six are... games. The six games includes Villa's. Yeah. Whenever they go, okay. So six games left. I mean, I think you got to push Hamas. You got to push Allen. You got to push you know all those guys. You got to push them to the end here. I think, um, yeah. and and just get the most out of them as you can without, of course, pushing them too hard and they get injured. But I think you've got to utilize them as much as you can, no matter what the game. I think these games now have become tremendously, tremendously important to Everton's um, future. I think that this is a – you know obviously, like we said, it's, it's not considered a not, – it's not um, an unsuccessful season if we don't make Europe. But I think that everybody in the fan base include, and the team and I think it would just be a massive boost for Everton if they do make Europe um in some sense. So gotta push as hard as you can. So I think you gotta put out your best lineup week in and week out. Um and I think that means, you know, Hamas has to play every week. Um and just kinda of, like you said, stick with um the consistency that we've seen. So or the or stick with consistency for the rest of the um excuse me, the rest of the the season um and, and stick with the lineups that have worked for us. So um hopefully we'll see that. Thoughts on Villa Matthew. Obviously they started off pretty well um. Now in eleventh place, though. What are your What are your thoughts? Are what are your thoughts? To get my <laughs> it's words quite,
1: it's kind of, it's slightly harder to judge Villa because we've seen yeah. them play against Everton for. It's weird because last last season we played them right at the start and then right at the end, so I think there was like an 11, 11 month gap between the two Villa games last season, mm-hmm. and then this season is probably going to be, like, what. A week, maybe less than that, between the two villages. Yeah, a um, couple of weeks. Uh, Villa are, I think, I think they're a decent team. I think they've improved a lot on last season. I think they are slightly over reliant on Grealish, although maybe not as much as certain people make out. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I didn't see them against West Brom. But drawing with West Brom, at home is not a great result. <laughs> um, And I saw them against Fulham a few weeks ago and they were pretty ordinary until Fulham basically gifted them three goals in the last 10 minutes or so. Um, So I think Everton will be more disciplined than that. I think Everton will be more confident after beating Arsenal. I think they'll probably become a defensive Villa team, which is probably too far off Europe now. I'm just looking the seven points behind us. So you'd think they're not going to get Europe now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Everton's motivation should be Greater than Villas, probably. Um, I think. You know,
0: <sighs> I kind of nervous really to. Remember the last time we talked about this with Bournemouth at the end of last season.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but no, but that worked the other way in a way because it was like Bournemouth needed the point more than we did.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. True. 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 Um, true.
1: But we'll. I'm going to go for a win, but I think we we'll win this one because. I think. I think we should. I, I'd like to think we've turned a corner now. We've said this so many times, but um, do you think this? Is, you know, this is the business end of the season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hopefully, you know, all hands to the pump. I think Everton should should win this one. The only thing I'd say about Villa is that Ross Barkley's got massively off the boil for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, after quite a decent start from his loan spot Chelsea, I don't even think he can get in the team now. um. Uh, not not a great look for him. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he'll be very thankful that Goodison's empty on Saturday if he plays <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um but no, I I quite like Villa. I think they are quite a nice, int- you know, impressive team to watch when they're sort of when they get going. Um but I don't know if Grealish is going to play because he's still injured anyway, isn't it? I think obviously with Grealish they're much more of a threat. Yeah. Um, without him, I think they they can be a bit one dimensional. Although I do like players like Watkins and Trezeguet. I think it's quite a good player and uh, John McGinn. So yeah, not an easy game, but one I I would be quietly confident Everton can certainly after the win at Arsenal, they can get over the line.
0: Um, I would like it a lot better if Villa were in the top ten instead of the bottom ten because. <laughs>
1: If,
0: so they're only just are not they I know yeah, what you mean no, but yeah no, no, no. sorry but um, um no but yeah it's uh it'll be an interesting game like you said Villa is a Villa is a good team they have good players they have um you know talent there but um just kind of have fallen apart a little bit not falling apart but falling off off a little bit lately um you're right if, if Grillish doesn't play then that they're a completely different team if Grealish does play obviously they bring much more of an attacking threat um but you know, in the end, it's going to come down to Everton, breaking down them defensively and, and getting it, putting a, you know, ball in the back of the net. And, um, you know, hopefully that they, hopefully they can, they can pull that together. And, um, you know, like you said, it, these are important games. So hopefully Everton are up for every single one of them. Hopefully there's no lulls. Hopefully it's just like, you know, each game is a, you know, each game's a final, each game is a, a cup final, you know, because these are massively important games. Um, Finish things up here, Matthew. Your prediction for Saturday's match.
1: I'm going to say 2-1. I think it will be nervy at times. Uh, I'd like to see Dominic Calvert-Lewin get a goal. Not because I think he's played badly. He's been injured, obviously, for the last few as well. But just... just I think he's on 19 in mean, the minutes. To get him to that 20-goal mark would be a real kind of milestone, I think. Um, and, yeah, I think... Um, I think Villa will be an easy game. The two games we had against them last season, we were absolutely terrible in both. Um, really wretched. I know one was under Marco Silva, but really wretched performances, um, which, which don't give me any confidence for, for this one. But last Friday does, seeing the way Aston Villa have kind of fallen away does. Um, and I think if everyone can take the chances, then that's the one thing is just, you know, we saw this with Crystal Palace the week, where it was like pretty, pretty good performance, other than the the missed chances. Yeah. Against the team, that are probably lacking motivation because they're mid-table and safe, and not much to play for. Mm-hmm. I don't think it should be a bit more clinical. I think they'll have no problems. But um, that's the lesson I think to learn is that, you know, it's all right playing well if you don't if you don't score. You know, we played better against Crystal Palace and Tottenham than we did against Arsenal, which which was the game that we won. Yeah. Um so I fancy is to to be a bit more in control of this one and give for a two one. I would feel more confident if it was at Villa Park than Goodison. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna say two one.
0: Yeah, I was about to ask if this was if this was a way or home. Um obviously being at Goodison doesn't make you feel too confident, but again, like I said, hopefully hopefully they're up for it and, and they realize the, the team realizes the the magnitude of these games now coming coming through. Um, the final six, but I'm going to go with, I don't know, two runs. Two ones sounds like a really good scoreline, but um, I want to pick an Everton win, but I think I'm going to go with a 1-1 one, one draw <laughs> be more realistic. Um, I just, I don't know. It's so hard, to you know, even with Everton, you know, getting the massive win that they needed last week, it's so hard to pick, pick for them, pick them to win at home. So I'm going to go with a 1-1 one, one draw. I think Villa end up getting one, maybe late. I think Everton probably score, you know, maybe in the first half, and then Villa end up getting one late to to tie it at one. So, all right. Anything else, Matthew?
1: We haven't lost. There's, I think. Um, did you say that about we haven't lost when we've been ahead?
0: So that's no, I did not say, say that. Was,
1: I think that was one of the ones in Peach. Was that like, we haven't lost a game where we've taken the lead in the Premier League since Arsenal away last season in February. Oh. So, yeah. if we can get an early goal, or at least take the lead in this one. Then, you know, at least they'll be confident that we won't lose, if not, if not win.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, so but we'll... also, I just say to finish off, I think.
1: Yes. Yeah. This, this end run of games is is quite nice,
0: mm-hmm. you know, for
1: Everton because you've got two games against Villa, who, like like we said, are certainly beatable and not in the best form, kind of petering out a bit. Home game against Wolves, where hopefully there'll be fans in as well. And again, their season is kind of neither here nor there. Sheffield United who are down, uh, West Ham which um, is away, so which gives me more confidence straight away. But also, you know, they're a good team; they're not not unbeatable. And then Man City, which even then on the last day of the season, away at Man City, they might have the title wrapped up. They probably will. They might be turning their attention to the Champions League. So. Yeah, so, yeah, I just think, you know, Man City might be coming to the Champions League final. And, um, you know, the other games we've got are certainly winnable, so I think there's a lot to look forward to this season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, hoping that Everton don't look forward to that West Ham game too much um, because that is obviously, I mean, that, that game right there could be, um, you know, that could be one of the determining factors of, of where Everton end up this season. That's going to be a massive, massive game. But like you said, it's a, it's an, it's an, a better run that you, than you could have. Or you, if you're Everton, this is a run that you would have wanted. Man City hopefully not maybe playing all their players with hopefully being in the Champions League final by the, by the end of the season. Um, you know, Aston Villa beatable, Sheffield United beatable, Wolves beatable, West Ham will be a massive massive game but a game that Everton do have a chance to win so we'll see how um we'll see how it all plays out but um hopefully we're talking to you guys next week after a win that's it for us um matthew thank you as always for joining
1: thank you good to have you back to you
0: yeah absolutely it's great to be back uh to you guys out there thank you for listening keep downloading subscribing, and whatever you got to do to get you to get the podcast each and every week um We appreciate the support and we'll talk to you guys next week.